Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, y'all. It's Samson McCormick. I am so excited to be welcoming you to Not In Mixed Company. In this here podcast experience, we have conversations that we need to be having out loud all the time as black gay men and the black community. So you know, bitch, that mean you need to put your seatbelt on because we in for a ride. <laughs> We're going to have a great time during this podcast series. And starting right now, I want to introduce our first guest, known for his viral videos, where he is roasting people for their horrible cooking skills and his numerous appearances on the Ellen DeGeneres show, as well as being an out and proud black gay man, one of my favorite people, Mr. Kaylin Allen. Stay tuned. Is this thing on? Yeah, this thing is on. All right. <laughs> Please welcome Mr. Kalen Allen. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. I love your shirt. That is a Thank nice you. shirt. So it, what was life growing up for you like as a as a young black gay boy in Kansas City? Well, you know, I don't I wouldn't say that I necessarily experienced like a heightened state of homophobia. I mean, of course, there were moments, but it was never to the point where I wanted to change who I was or was sent to conversion camp or any of those kind of things, thankfully. But the way that I was treated in in Kansas City was that this is just who Kaylin is. You know, mm-hmm. that's very much the attitude. And yeah, we had our moments that things would come up or that I felt uncomfortable. But for the most part, I had a very free way to express myself while growing up. And I think that that plays a lot into how I was able to become who I am today, you know, because I was never forced to have like a plan B or was forced to be something that I wasn't. And I also think I had a very strong sense of self. And I think we have a strong sense of self. People are not, it's not easy to break through that wall for people to control you or change you. Oh, where, because I'm, I'm in my thirties now and I'm just really developing my sense of self. So did you have the freedom at home to have a sense of self or or how did you develop that? I think was that I just always knew right for wrong, especially when it came to who I was, you know? And I think, I, I mean, I remember times when my mother would take me shopping for like back to school clothes, right? And she would bring like maybe a, a, a friend of ours that was a male and they would try to put me in like certain clothes and, and they would always be like, well, this is what everybody's wearing. I always rejected that thought. I was always like, well, I don't want to look like everybody else. Why would I want to look like that? I always just wanted to be different. 
Wow. I always wanted to be unique. I never wanted to fit in. I found that there was power in being different from everybody else. You know, even when I started to do like musicals and plays and would be the only black face in the room, you know, I knew that there was strength in my uniqueness, you know? And so I never allowed anybody else to tell me who I was, you know? And I think a lot of times I allowed underestimation to fuel my determination. You know, there were a lot of times where people would say I was never gonna leave my mama and stuff like that because I was such a mama's boy. And I used that to be like, no, I'm gonna I'm leave and I'm gonna prove you wrong, you know? And I wow. don't have an answer as to why that was the case. It just was, it, it was just a part of who I was, you know, it was just the way that I thought, the way that I operated. Now, it may have had a lot to do with the fact that I was an only child, you mm -hmm. know, so like I only sat with myself and all my relatives were either older, you know, so there was no one around my age. So there was nobody else to influence my my point of view or who I was. So when you did that, was it was there like a curiosity or was it a drive? Because I know for for some of us, like for me, it was a drive. But for and I, and I do want to ask you this because I wasn't expecting no sermon, but you done started <laughs> preaching on here. You're going to make me turn on the hymns and, and, and ask the people for some money, you know. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So in in your neighborhood, like because for me, it was like I'm from southeast D.C., we were abandoned as a community. And so there was a drive that I wanted more out of, out of life than that. For some people, it's curiosity. So for you, what was the thing? What was the spark? I think for me, it was the fact that when I would watch TV or watch any media, I never felt like there was anybody that I identified with, you mm -hmm. know? I was able to be like, oh, I see myself in that person. And mm -hmm. I think it was the lack thereof that motivated me to want to become that, you know? And also I wow. think I have, I have a, a strong sense that I am divinely guided. There have been so many moments in my life, in my career that have come full circle to things that I was connected to as a kid, you know, wow. to where I'm like, Oh, so that's why this was so important to me. That's why this stuck out to me. This is why I was so focused on this one thing to now come full circle, you know, to where I am today. And I, I, I think I have learned, you know, my mother talks about this often. She was like, you know, I never worried about you because in any time that anything went wrong or something, you just always figured it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also nothing ever can take my joy. Even my mother wouldn't ground me or punish me in that way because even if she grounded me, I would still find a way to find your way. I would still find a way to keep myself entertained. So she said it didn't work. It, it didn't matter. <laughs> it was like if I grounded you was just gonna sit in the room and find a way to play, you know, some kind of imaginary game or something like that. And you would have been satisfied, you know? And I think when I would hear her tell me that, I understood that I was always gonna be okay. Wow. This is you preaching. You you sitting here, you preaching. This this brings me to this next point because obviously um, a, a great sense of self guided you through and, and that divine thing that you just spoke about guided you through the backlash that you got for being very vocal about your support for Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And and that was that's hard, like especially having a career where you engage midstream, you know, uh, what is it, middle, middle ground American mainstream. Yes. America. How, how is it navigating that and 
speaking out, but also maintaining your level of authenticity? You know, I think there was a period in time where I would see a lot of comments or conversations about me from like the black gay community mm. you know, and, and comparing me to other people within the industry that I necessarily did not identify with or felt like I was like them. And I understood though that those critiques were coming primarily from my um, proximity to whiteness. Mm. And I think as someone that was a college student and started the career and very much was just kind of figuring it out, I realized that maybe I wasn't championing enough or that I wasn't being a voice enough for, for us, you know? And maybe I wasn't making that priority and maybe the critique was more so they were expecting me to be like the other people within the industry that don't necessarily do a lot of outreach and, doesn't, and don't do a lot of, you know, trying to bring up, you know, our brothers and sisters within the community and stuff like that. And I think seeing that and then seeing everything that was happening with the Black Lives Matter, I knew where I wanted to be. Right. I knew who I wanted my fan base to be. I knew who I wanted it to be proud of me, you know? And I knew in the long run, I knew who was going to be by my side. You know, yeah. and I knew that it was the people that looked like me and that identified with who I was that were going to be my ride or dies, even if come on now. now. And so I had to make the choice to be more vocal and to be more upfront about it at all times, you know, and so that was the choice that I made. And I didn't really care about losing these followers over here because one thing that I knew was that I was more than just a joke, you know? That's right. It's like, I knew that I stood for more. And also I knew that my comedy is a product of my blackness, you know? Yes. And everything that I am is essential to that. And it's like, you can't pick and choose what parts of me that you want and that you want to accept. Yeah, I just will not allow you to do that. And so I said, no, this is the way that I'm going to do this now. I'm going to do this my way. And if you don't like it, then you shouldn't have been here to begin with. How do you, I don't want to say balance, but how have you really found the acceptance between the your gayness or queerness or whatever, however you identify that, I guess it's a, it's a label. How have you found the balance between the two? Because our community still feels that you can't be both. So how have you navigated that? And what do you have to say to our community about it? Don't let anybody tell you that you can't be both. That's I'm right. always both. I'm always everything, all at once. You know, I never try to assimilate or change or modify who I am for the comfort of other people because the way that I look at it is that when we leave this world it's only you going in the ground and I also think that if you want to live a life that is happy you have to create a happy space around you you know mm. and if you're living in a space of always trying to be something for somebody else that's just it's a waste of time and then you're going to end up losing who you are in the in the midst of it so I think what happens is that you have to decide what is worth you know 
Like, is it worth you sacrificing who you are so that other people like you or feel comfortable? Or is it more important for you to like who you are, accept who you are fully, and then surround yourself with the people and the experiences and the things that will accept you fully? Because what I learned was that I was trying to let, I was trying to let a lot of pieces fit into my puzzle that didn't fit. Mm. I was trying to turn and twist and make them fit when they didn't, because I believe that if this is who I am, this is what I look like, then these are the kind of connections I'm supposed to have, you know? And I don't want that. I think you see that, especially in LA, you know, yeah. like a lot, everybody look the same. Everybody do the same thing. You know, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a follower. I want to be an individual. Kaylin also offers life coaching classes, and so you can contact. <laughs> I'm really appreciating this advice, and and lastly, I, I you know there I'm not the most religious person anymore, but there is a quote that says, "You know the trees by the fruit that they bear," and you obviously have sprouted some very beautiful, beautiful fruit. One of the most uh, beautiful pieces that we have seen from you recently that we should celebrate is being a black gay man and hosting the Ellen show. That's it's mainstream primetime television. What was that accomplishment like for you? It's the first time in my life that I've done something where there were no doubts, no fears, no imposter syndrome. And in the moment, mm. I knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And it was the first time that I felt like people got to see me as who I was in its most organic form. You know, I think people have seen me in so much stuff, but I think oftentimes that was heightened. And I think people got to finally see me as Kaylin. Wow. Well, Mr. Kaylin Allen, let me be another person because I'm sure many do tell you, and if they don't, they need to start telling you, but let me be someone to give you your flowers now and let you know that I appreciate you. The listeners appreciate you. And we just appreciate your strength and your courage to be who you are and like you said not be afraid to be who you are and, and have that strong sense of self it's, it's a rarity now right. and so I'm, I'm really happy that you have that you stand in it and you represent our community so beautifully and so well thank and you so thank much. you for taking the time out for us of course samson this was an absolute pleasure BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.